where I could eat lunch and supper. <laughs> and uh, so seven something hours. And tonight, if I were to leave without me preaching, tonight if I were to leave without any more preaching, and I'm sure it's all going to be wonderful, what I heard tonight, I would say it was worth the six and a half hours. I could sit down tonight and I could go home tonight or in the morning and say it was worth driving six and a half hours for the message from the Lord. Mm, thank God. So I want you to know, thank you, Brother Joe Nams. I bless the Lord tonight. Wasn't that wonderful? Amen. 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 <clears throat> Take your Bibles to the book of First Samuel this evening, the book of First Samuel. And uh, the 18th chapter, I'm sorry, yeah, First Samuel and the 18th chapter tonight is where we'll be this evening. And uh, I'm honored to be back here. I feel like I was just here, and I was just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I was driving up uh, somewhere from Crossville to here, and it was dark. And them young men that were with me, I said, I feel like this is all familiar and Jeff said, wasn't you just here? I said, I was. And I guess that's why it's familiar. Uh, but uh, what a blessing tonight. Thank God for the, for the word of God. And thank God for the hand of God, the help of God. And uh, boy, we do, need, uh, we do need this meeting in this time. We need this meeting in these days. I'm, I'm thankful tonight that the Lord Jesus is coming and he's coming soon. Amen. I believe he's coming, and he's coming soon. First Samuel, chapter number 18, I will uh, do my best to move as quickly as possible tonight. Uh, you help me, if you will, and uh, we'll uh, uh, see what the Lord shows us. Let's stand for a moment. First Samuel, chapter number 18 tonight. I uh, want to preach, with the Lord's help, on uh, a thought that I've been preaching. I preached part of it here a couple of uh, Friday nights ago, learning to be little. And uh, no doubt it's something that we'll have to learn, uh, learning to be little. Tonight I want to preach with the Lord's help on learning to be loved. And uh, you say, Preacher, I don't know why I'd have to learn to be loved. Well, maybe tonight as we look into the life of David, God will give us some understanding in that. Notice verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 18. And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. Jonathan loved him as his own soul. That's mighty stout words. I'd, I'd, say, I'd, say, I'd say David has experienced somebody who has genuinely loved him. Verse 2, And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him. I would don't, I, this is not a part of the message, but Jonathan sounded a lot like Jesus to me. Thank God God will put people in your life who will love you a lot like Jesus. 
Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David. And his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also on the sight of Saul's servants. And it came to pass as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines that the women came out of all cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabrets with joy and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul hath slain his thousands, but David, or and David, his ten thousands. More folks loving on David. Verse 8, Saul was very wroth, and the saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day forward, and it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house, and David played with his hand as at other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. I, I want to just ask a quick question right here. In the house of the Lord, what's in your hand? One man had a harp in his hand. His making merry and making music. Another man had a javelin in his hand. I want to be the kind of man with a harp in my hand, helping somebody, not a javelin in my hand. Saul cast the javelin, verse 11, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from him and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. And the Lord was with him. Wherefore when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David. Because he went out and came in before them. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you tonight for the word of God. I thank you for the sweet spirit of God. Lord, at the Canaan Baptist Church, I thank you for Brother Joe Nams and the message, Lord, from God that he brought to our hearts tonight. Lord, I, I, I'm eternally grateful to my dear friend God for the time that he spent in the Word of God, the time that he spent living uh, what he's preaching. Lord, I, them kind of messages, God, you don't, you don't just preach them, but you live them. And I thank you for men, God, that are willing to live in the Scripture and in the will of God that they might have something to say to somebody. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for Brother Adams and the songs that he sang. I thank you for Brother Curtis Cravens and his wife and his family, Lord. Thank you. God, help us now. In Christ's name, amen. You can be seated tonight. There are three thoughts that I've had in my heart that I've been studying out of the life of David. Some lessons, if you will, <clears throat> that are worth learning. They are worth you and I giving some time into at least considering these lessons in our life. I again said to you, I preached it a couple of weeks ago. One lesson that we find in David's life worth learning is learning to be little. 
You don't have to learn that when you start out because that's what you are. And God finds you. And God found me. I was just a little old nobody. Didn't nobody know who I was. I didn't have nobody calling me preacher. Didn't have nobody booking me to preach a meeting. Didn't have nobody calling me asking my advice. I was little. I didn't have to learn to be little until God does things in your life that only God can do that brings promotion in your life that only God can bring. God laid his hand to power on David and David killed a lion and a bear. That'll make you big. God laid his hand to power on David and David walked down into a valley one day with nothing but a slingshot and fine smooth stones and he smote Goliath, the enemy of God and all of Israel began to look at David as big. I'm going to tell you something tonight. You can say all day long, I just want to be little. But the truth of the matter is, uh, is if you live for God and God puts His hand on you of power and promotion, it makes no difference what you want to be. God will make you big in somebody's life. I'm afraid we may be missing the mark just a little bit that we don't want to be big in somebody's life. I understand we, John said I must decrease and he must increase. And I understand that concept. I understand that truth. But, but, but I, I, I want to be used by God. And if God uses you, he'll make you big to somebody. To my boys, I'm, I'm big. To the young men in my church, and I know that sounds proud, but you can't be Saul. You can't be the king of Israel and somebody not know who you are and think highly of you. You know God never did get on to Saul for being big. He did not say, Saul, when thou was little. He said, when I was little and not on eyes. God will do big things with you and then you'll have to learn how to be little in the middle of some of the greatest things you've ever done. Can you imagine what it's like to kill a lion and a bear? And God do that in His power. And you say, I ain't ever experienced that kind of power. Isn't it amazing to operate in the unction and the holiness and the power of the God of glory and God put His hand on you. And it is in those moments that God will have to teach me and you how to be little. God will have to teach us some lessons that are worth learning. God will have to teach us how to be low. Not everybody's going to like you. L-O-A-T-H-E-D. Not everybody's going to like you. Saul loved him for a little while, but now he's throwing javelins at him. And isn't it amazing that whether you're a preacher or a church member sitting on a pew, there's going to be times in your life where people will hate you for doing nothing but standing for God. Truth. And God's going to expect you to live for God. God's going to expect you to be a Christian when the whole world's hating you for it. But tonight I want to talk to just a minute on learning to be loved. God in promotion and God in power as He uses me and uses you and, and God puts people in your life and God does large things in your life You'll not be able to help it, but there will be people who will look at you uh, and they will love you uh, in a way that you've never been loved before. Brother Curtis, is it not the longer that you pastor, the more God puts people in your life who love you? 
Well, my goodness, you can't, you can't be somebody's preacher and God uh, save them uh, and them not love you and say stuff about you. Uh, uh, that's uh, maybe not always true and maybe it is true. Uh, but they love you. Oh, I love my heroes. I love my friends. I've got a, I got a whole house full of friends in here tonight. And I want to go on record tonight. Every one of you know who you are. I love you, man. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for every time you prayed with me. I'm grateful for every time you prayed for me. I'm grateful for every call, phone call. I'm grateful for every message that you preached. Thank God for the servants of God. I love them. When people love you, you have to learn to be loved. And here's why, because everybody that loves you, number one, the people, David had to learn to be loved because the people who loved David uh, were individuals. Did you know not everybody's going to love you the same as everybody else? There's all kinds of people in David's life who are loving him. And the more that David is growing, the more God's anointing him to be king. One day he's going to be king. And now God is promoting David. And now God is placing his hand of power on David. And now David is playing in the courts of the king. And now David is at the right hand. And people are seeing David. They're hearing David's name. And they are singing his praises. As a matter of fact, David is the son-in-law to the king. And David is now in a position he's never been before. He's going to have to learn how to be there just like you have to learn how to be in positions you've never been before. David is learning to be loved because the people who love David are individuals. And they love David in a way that nobody else has. I just want to show you a few of them tonight and we'll move on. But there are some people that will love you irregardless who you are. Uh, I didn't know this, but David's mother is mentioned. I never did. did anybody ever? Y'all read your Bible more than I have. I reckon I never. I, all I ever heard about was David's daddy, Jesse. I never had heard mention of David's mother. And the Bible don't mention her by name, as far as I can tell. But the Bible said over in a few chapters, as David, I think it's chapter twenty-two, as David is running from uh, Saul, and he comes to Moab, uh, and the Bible said that his mother. And his father come to Moab and they hide out there with David in Moab. David not only has a living father at this time, David has a living mother at this time. And I'm going to tell you something about mama and daddy. There ain't nobody in this world going to love David like them two people. Can I get a witness from some mamas and daddies in here tonight? David has experienced love from a mother and a father. Ain't nobody going to love him that way. I'm not saying that they love him more than other people love him, but they love him in a way that nobody else has loved him. Uh, If that's all the love you've ever experienced, I got some bad news for you. Don't expect that kind of love from everybody in your life. Thank God for a mama's love. But everybody you go to church with ain't going to love you like mama loved you. <laughs> Thank God for the way your daddy loves you. But all them folks that you go to church with, uh, that you pastor, that you live with, they're not going to love you like daddy loved you. 
I believe Jesse loved David, but David's going to be sorely disappointed if he expects everybody else to love him like Jesse has loved him. Let me just talk to some married folks for just a minute tonight. I'm glad glad for how your mama loved you, sir, but when you got married, you didn't marry mama. Somebody help me. That's kind of weird. That's, that's a little bit weird. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want my wife to be my mama. I, I moved out. I grew up and I moved out and I left mama and I left daddy. And I'm glad for the way mama loves me. But I don't want my wife to love me like my mama. That's weird. Huh? You got to learn to be loved. You expect the same kind of love out of other people that other people have given you, but they can't offer you that kind of love because that's not who they are. Some of you ladies, your daddy spoiled you rotten. Your husband can't do that, number one, because he ain't as old as your daddy was. Number two, because he ain't got the kind of money that your daddy does. And number three, because he lives with you every day as a grown-up and not a little child. Huh? And you compare, you compare your husband to your daddy. Well, my daddy, well, thank God you didn't marry your daddy because that's weird too. <laughs> Brother Joe Nam did such a good job preaching. He, he took us into the presence of God. I'll carry us out. Is that right? Some people will love you irregardless, but not everybody. You can't, listen, and we're living in a day and time where young people walk roughshod over mom and daddy, and mom and daddy let them do that, but you can't do that over everybody in your life. You can't treat other grown-ups that way because everybody don't love you like mom, and they're not going to put up with it. And I'll just go ahead and say this, and this wasn't coming to say it, but I'll go ahead and say it while I'm here. Mom and Dad, if you want them to respect anybody else in this world, it probably ought to start at the house. I want my boys to love you. I want them to respect you. You know what I'm going to have to do? Make them love and respect me. David's mom and daddy loved him. But not everybody is going to love you like that. Amen. The love of a father or a mother. I'm saying somebody's not in Jamestown, but in other places that I preach, and said, hey, only a mama could love someone like that. Y'all help me right there. <laughs> only a mother's love could sustain that child. My daddy told me, he said, son, when you was born, he said, I was scared. He said, you was the first born I ever had. He said, you was born. He said, I looked at him. He said, oh, God, what in the world has, he, has, has happened here? He said, I look, he said, you look like, I know it's just carnal. He said, you look like E.T. He said, your head was on. He said, well, we don't know, but we love him. He's ours. You ever look at, you ever look at your baby? And just in a serious moment, and you think it's so cute because it's your baby, and you ever stop to think, I wonder if everybody else thinks this baby's as cute as I do. (laughs) Does this baby really ugly, and ain't nobody can tell me that? I looked at both of my boys that way. 
I know they're cute to me. I wonder what everybody else thinks. I'm teasing. My wife's not here. I can say stuff like that. She's here. She'd be mad at me. Everybody's not going to love you like that. There's people in David's life, they love him irregardless. But you can't just treat everybody any old way you want and expect them to love you. These people in David's life, they loved him. Uh, some loved him irregardless. Some loved him irreverently, but they loved him. But they loved him irreverently. Yeah. You know, the Bible mentions a few of his brothers. We talk about Eliab. We talk about Shammah. We talk about Abinadab, some of David's brethren. David's got an older brother, and he comes down to the battle. He's been off, and he's been taking care of his father's sheep. He comes down to the battle because his father sends him down there. He's on a mission from his, from his father. And he comes down to the battle where his brothers are against the Philistines. And here comes his brother and he says to David, Who'd you leave those little sheep with? He begins to make fun of him. He said, I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. Well, don't he know who David is? Don't he know, was he not there when God put his hand of anointing on David to make him king of Israel? Sure he was. It don't matter to Eliab. As far as Eliab is concerned, that man is still his little brother and he loves him, but he loves him without a reverence that everybody else loves him with. I, I know this ain't Bible college tonight. I was Bible college last time, but I'll just throw this out there to us preachers again. Just because God called you to preach, just because you got a brother in front of your name now, or a doctor in front of your name now, or a Sunday school class in front of your name now, or whatever it is, don't mean that everybody you hobnobbed with in the beginning, everybody you grew up with has forgot who you were, and now you're somebody that everybody's got to worship. I, I don't have a doubt in my mind that Eliab loved his brother. But he wasn't ever going to respect him like some of them mighty men who followed David around. And you can't expect them to. We get so mad because people don't treat us like we think we ought to be treated. And sometimes we need to go back and remember that if we got treated like we ought to be treated, we'd be in hell tonight. But for the grace of God, I, I am what I am. Just because God saved me, just because God called me to preach, don't mean everybody's going to forget. Don't ask Brother Joe now any questions about me following the service. I was nine years old when I met him. He's no, and he was 19. No, no I was, he was 16. We're going to go further back. I got more stories on him than he does on me now. Come to think about it, let's talk. Not everybody's going to love you the same. Some people's going to love you and they're going to love you irreverently. You'll have to learn how to deal with that. Does that make any sense to anybody? You, you ever tried to pastor your family? I'm not talking about your wife. Well, that's hard enough. Huh? 
Trying to be your wife, especially when your church is so small, there ain't hardly nobody there in the beginning. Some of you men started churches or took churches that were very small in the beginning. Thank God there's more people go to church with us now. But boy, it was rough in the day when it wasn't just nobody but me and her and just a couple of other folks looking at us. Not everybody's going to look at you with the same adoration and the same Oh, that's the preacher. Oh, that's the Sunday school teacher. Oh, that's brother so-and-so. Oh, he's a godly saint. Oh, that's sister so-and-so. She sings in the choir and shouts every third Sunday. Oh, that, that's that other crowd. Oh, hey, thank God for them. But some people ain't going to love you like everybody else loves you. You have to learn how to be loved by people who, well, some folks will love you irregardless. Some folks will love you irreverently. But they'll love you. Y'all, 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 is this all right? Y'all? I, I, I wish I'd have been the first preacher because then I could have been followed up by that. And that's a lot of pressure. Some folks will love you. This is not good English, but it's only, I was going to say inspirationally, but I felt like it was something you'd get at the Lifeway bookstore and it just felt weird. So I'm going to say, some folks will love you inspiredly. Inspirational. Here's such an inspiration. Inspiredly. What do you mean by that? Some folks will love you in a way that only God could give them that love to you. Chapter 18, Jonathan. The Bible said that God knit Jonathan's heart to David. You know what that means? God took a sewing thread and a needle and God put them two souls together. And God put a weave in there together and said, and and God made it to where David loved Jonathan as himself. And Jonathan loved David as himself. There ain't many people in my life ever loved me like that. And there ain't many people in my life I've ever loved like that. But God has done that work. And when God does that work, yes. honey, I got news for you. That's one of them bonds that cannot be broken by time or even trouble. Some folks will love you inspiredly. I don't know if it's a word, but it'll help the preaching. God inspired that kind of love to where Jonathan loved David as himself. Let me ask you a question. Who was the next to be king after Saul? Jonathan. And what did Jonathan do? We read it in chapter number 18. Uh, He took off his robe. He stripped himself of his robe uh, and his sword and his garments and he put them on. uh, He put them on David. Do you know what Jonathan was saying? David, I love you so much. I'd rather you be king than me. I'd rather be your servant. I'll serve you. I know I'm the rightful heir of the throne. I know I'm in the bloodline. But God has done something in my heart. And I lay myself down to you. I take off my robe. I take off my position. I take off my seniority. I take off my priority. And I lay it down at your feet. I'll serve you. Is that not Christ-like? Is that not what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary some 2,000 years ago? He donned on himself the robe of mortal man and he became you so you could become him. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. I'm glad, thank God, one day he became me. So I... 
could become him. He took my place so I could take his place. Hallelujah to God. Only God could do that, boys. Fellas, only Brother Josh Adams, only God could put that kind of love in a man's heart for another. Hallelujah. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Thank God for the brethren. Thank God for the people in my life that God has knit my heart with. Hallelujah to God. Thank God for my Jonathan. One day, thank God, climbed up Calvary's cross and took my shame for my sin and made me clothed in his righteousness. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior tonight. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. Mm. Not everybody's going to love you like that. As a matter of fact, he loved him so much. He literally... Laid his life down. Threw himself at the mercy of Saul. Knowing that Saul could have killed his own son. For trading places with David. And more than once, Jonathan saved David's life. That's the love of a friend. Let me say something to you tonight. I wish every church member I had had that kind of love toward me to where they'd save my life in a pinch. If we got in the bind, they'd come and bail me out. And they'd lay down their life for me. And I don't go a step further. Not only do I wish they had that love for me, but I wish I had that kind of love for every one of them. It's a two-way street. It ain't just that they're supposed to love me, but it's that I'm supposed to love them. But I hate to admit this to you, but number one, don't ever one of them love me like that. I hate to admit this even more, but the truth be told, I don't even love every one of them like that. But if God ever put somebody in your life, that's because God did that. And you ought to thank God for it. You ought to cherish it. You ought not take it for granted. You ought to praise God for it. You ought to let them know that you love them. You ought to crawl up in an altar and get them by the arm and say, thank God we started this thing together and we'll go by the grace of God all the way to the end. At the same time, don't expect that kind of love and loyalty out of everybody. You tell some men your darkest secrets and they'll bear them to their grave. You tell some men your darkest secrets and they'll blast them to the world. And they'll bury you in your grave. It's hard for a preacher to learn, for a Christian to learn. I've gotten myself in more trouble with this right here. I ain't talking about my beard, but it'll get you in trouble too someplace. But I'm talking about this mouth. Huh? Mm. 
I've gotten myself in more trouble with this man. And the stuff I say and the things I've said to others and, and things I've said about others and things I've said about friends. Uh, oh, listen to me tonight. Not everybody's going to love you like Jonathan. Don't you get offended when you put that much faith in somebody and they let you down. Huh? I got to learn how to be loved. Well, if you loved me, you wouldn't. No, they do love you. They just don't love you like that. Everybody's going to love you is going to love you differently. That's the hard thing about dealing with people. There ain't ever been one of them the same as another. Huh? Some folks will love you. Uh, I'd really like to hang around there because it sure was fun looking at Jesus there for a minute, but I feel impressed to go on. If y'all are good, y'all still all right? Some folks will love you idolizingly. Idolizingly. Look in uh, chapter number 18, verse 7. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Uh, look in verse number 16. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. I, I think I'd go on... I think I'd be safe to say that these folks, these women who sang Saul slain his thousands, David is ten thousand. These folks said, God said that David went out and in and before them and all Israel and Judah loved David. They loved David, but they loved him because of who they thought he was. But none of us are who we want everybody to think we are all the time. It's not bad when they're saying David is a giant killer. I'll let you say that about me. I ought not, but if somebody says that about me and I'm David, I'll, I'll, I'll go along. Yes, I am a giant killer. I'm not, but I'm talking about David. <clears throat> it's not bad when they say David uh, has slain his thousands, or Saul has slain his thousands, but David is ten thousand. Not bad when they say that uh, David slew a lion and a bear while he's defending his father's sheep. And, and, and I said this last time I was here, I'm going to say it again. Thank God for a man who will defend his father's sheep. Amen. Them aren't your sheep, they're his, uh, and you ought to guard them with all you've got. Amen. Amen. But who they think he is is not who he is all the time. And I'm not saying he's a hypocrite. I'm saying he's a human. And there are times of failure in David's life. There are times of fear in David's life. And the people who idolize you, they only idolize what they see in you. They only idolize the good that they see. They only idolize the power. Don't you forget that at the end of the day, there's still fear in your life and failure in your life. And you're not who they think you are. If you forget that, you'll let them love you and you'll start thinking about yourself like they think about you. You know, in Matthew chapter 4, what was the devil's temptation to Jesus? Come up, come up, come up. Kept trying to take Jesus up. 
And every time he got him up, he said, uh, if I will cast thyself down. If I will fall down and worship me. He said, come up, come up, come up. And cast yourself down, fall down, and worship me. The devil's always going to bring you up so he can bring you down. The devil will bring you up so he can bring you down. Come up, come up, come up, come up. He'll let you start believing what they say about you. He'll, he'll let them say and those things. And it's all right that they say those things because God has put favor in your life toward them. But he'll let you start believing those things. Thank God Jesus didn't. Thank God Jesus wasn't me and you. He could believe those things and be right because he is who he says he is. He's I am. He's I am. I'm just, am I? Come up and I'll take you down. You know what God will say? Come down. Come down. Come down to an altar. <laughs> Woo! Come down to an altar. Come down to a come down to a bloody cross. Come down to a valley. Come down to a garden. Come down to a prayer closet. And in time I'll take you up. As a matter of fact, I, God will take you down most of your life. You'll walk down in a valley. You'll walk down in a low place. You'll walk down in a dark place. But one day, down in the valley, a trumpet's going to sound and God's going to take you up. If you don't go by the way of the trumpet... You're going to go by the way of going down in a grave. But thank God to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The devil may take you up to take you down, but God will take you down to take you up. It's all right if they say, but don't you believe everything they say. Some folks will love you idolizingly. Some folks will love you insincerely. Chapter number 18, you can go look at it tonight when you go home if you want to. Verse 22 and 23. Servants of Saul come to David. And Saul says, you go tell him. You go tell David that I love him and that you love him. You win him to you so we can kill him. There are some people who will love you, but they won't really love you. But they'll love you for what they can get from you. Let me say something to every Christian who's been hurt in church. I don't mean this irreverently. I don't mean this disrespectfully. I don't mean this ha- any harm in this. But would you please line up? And join the rest of the crowd who at some point has been hurt in church. It's time for you to get over. Well, like 20 years ago, I got hurt in church. Well, 20 years ago, I got hurt in church too. And two months ago, I got hurt in church. And two weeks ago, I got hurt in church. And two days ago, I got hurt in church. As a matter of fact, I was on the phone today with a good man who I love. And he didn't even mean to say what he said. But what he said hurt my feelings when he said it. <laughs> And he's one, it wasn't you. He, he's one of the men in my church. He said, it was me. It wasn't you. 
And he loves me and I love him. But I got hurt today. But they said, some of them, they yeah. love you, but they love you. And they'll come to your church and they'll come to be your friend and they'll come and they'll get everything they can from you. And then they'll leave you holding the bag and they'll leave you by yourself and they'll leave you with empty dreams and empty promises. And you'll sit there bitter and mad. Oh, does anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? It ain't just in the church world, it's in the marriage world, it's in the, it's in the business world. I love you. Uh, what was the I? That they'll love you insincerely. Some folks will love you inconsistently. <clears throat> Look in chapter number 18, verse number uh, 20. Chapter number 18, verse number 20. And Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. And they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. Look in verse 28. And Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David and that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. How many of you believe your Bible? Raise your hand. How many of you believe it's inerrant, infallible, inspired Word of God? What did the Holy Ghost say that Michael did to David? Not once, but twice. Loved him. Michael loved David. Huh? Is that what it said? Look in, you don't have to turn there, but chapters, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 16, just a few years later, David brings Ark of the Covenant back into Israel, and he dances before the Lord with all of his might, and Michael, Saul's daughter, the Bible don't say, Michael, she, she, well, I ain't got time, to, but Michael, Saul's daughter, sits in the window, and she looks at David, and the Bible said that she despised him in her heart. In 1 Samuel, not once but twice, the Holy Ghost said that Michael loved David. She loved David. As a matter of fact, Michael laid down her life to save David. Not just Jonathan, but Michael. Snuck him out of the window one night because Saul was coming to get him. Seems to be a pattern in the Bible. God, God likes to sneak preachers out of windows because somebody's coming to kill him. He did that to Paul. Probably not to clarify that. That's probably not. You're not supposed to sneak out of windows. And that clarified. You gotta say stuff like that now, because we live in a we live in a perverse hour where even preachers have lowered the standard. I want to stay right. I want to say. I want to stay right. I want to stay right with God. I want to stay right with my wife. I want to stay right with my church. I want to stay right in the ministry. I don't know how to sneak to do nothing. But Michael snuck him out of the window and uh, put a put a some stuffing in the pillar to trick Saul when he come by. Uh, there's nothing new under the sun. Somebody said that's what they did when they escaped out of the rock, the Alcatraz. If you just read your Bible, people have been doing the same stuff a long time. Amen. They put that goat's hair in there and they thought it was David. She laid her life down and snuck David out the window, saved his life. At one point, 
she was willing to die for him. And just a handful of years later, she was ready to kill him. Do you know God will put people in your life that today you wouldn't be alive without them? But there may come a day that they despise the ground you walk on and you'll have to learn how to be a Christian. You'll have to learn how to be loved by people who love you inconsistently. There's people that I pastor. I can go in there sometimes. There's not many of them like this, but there's some of them like this. And boy, they love me and they'll love me for a season and they'll love on me and they'll love on my family. And I'll just be honest with you, I don't even want it. I'd just rather you be normal. Don't tell me how good of a preacher I am. Don't invite me over to eat. I don't want to come over and eat. I just want you to be a normal human being. You don't have to. You, you, you can hate me if you want. Just do it all the time. Be consistent. I don't mind if you hate me. Line up and join the crowd. There's a whole bunch of them down there in Burke County where I pastor Burke County, Georgia. They, they, there's a whole bunch of them that hate me down there. You're, you're all right. Line up and join the crowd. Just don't love me today and hate me tomorrow. But you know what I got to do? I got to love you today. And you're loving me today. And I got to love you tomorrow. And you're hating me tomorrow. And David's about like me and you. He's got to learn to be loved. Because everybody in your life that will love you will love you as individuals. And none of them will love you the same. Many will spend most of our time upset because of people in the church, people in the ministry, people in our family, people in our heart that we have poured ourselves into. And we have loved them with all we know how to love. And we've not received it back. Brother Joe Nams, I guess as close as anybody in this world I am to you. That's the truth. And there's been times when I've talked to you and you've talked to me about people that poured yourself into them. I poured myself into them. That's a hard lesson to learn. I, I, I want to talk about these learning to be loved, not only because all the people that, that love you are individuals, but all the people who love you are influential you got influence in their life. I don't have time to talk about it tonight, but I'm going to stop here. But everybody in your life is different. I, I, I want, if it's all right, get somebody to come to the piano. If I remember, that's the greatest pastor in America. Brother Shirley, right? Thank you. I wonder tonight how many folks in here it wasn't it wasn't bad when you're just sitting on the pew in church and just showing up on Sunday. But God's let you get involved. And you gotta work with people here. You go to meetings with people. 
You're in the ministry with people. And not everybody loves you like you want to be loved. Or maybe even like you ought to be loved. Maybe tonight there's some Jonathans. You ought to go thank God for them. Maybe when you get done thanking God for them, you ought to go get them and thank God for them to them. That'd be good on a Monday night at the beginning of camp meeting to go find some Jonathans. And say, I want you to know I was going to die if it wasn't for you. Maybe Michael, maybe Michael's not that bad. Maybe all she needs is David to come by and say, I want you to know that I know you love me. And I'm glad you love me. And you saved my life by loving me. Maybe if David loved old Michael a little bit, she'd get out of the window. Huh? Huh? Maybe she's in the window. I'm trying to mind the Lord. I'm trying to be done. Maybe she's in the window tonight because you let her get in the window and you left her in the window. You need to go get in the window with her. And tell her, I want you to know I remember. I remember what you did. And I want you to know I love you. Thank God. Thank God for some people who saved your life. They may have been a Sunday school teacher who come knocked on your door one night or one day and then you wouldn't be here had it not been for them. But now you go to church with them. Now you're with them. And time has separated you. You need to go get them tonight. So I want you to know I'd be lost on my way to hell if it wasn't for you. You have to learn how to be. Love, then you'll have to learn how to love. Are you hearing me tonight? Let's stand this evening. Thank you. You mind the Lord. You mind the Lord. Oh.